In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today we remember the parable of the publican and the Pharisee. We find encouragement through gratitude and God's mercy is the theme of this homily. <clears throat> there are five Sundays that precede Lent. We're on the fourth Sunday. The first Sunday that precedes Lent is the Canaanite woman or Zacchaeus, which uh, the theme is desire. Do we desire God? This today is the public and the Pharisee. The theme is repentance. Do we see our sins and beg God for forgiveness? The next is the prodigal son, and that theme is return, to return to God from those things that take us away from him. The second Sunday before Lent is last judgment, which reminds us to kind of keep our house clean, come to confession. And then the last Sunday before Lent is forgiveness Sunday, which is one of the great Christian virtues, to forgive all those that have offended us. But today we remember the publican and the Pharisee. The publican was humble with sincere contrition. His eyes were not able to lift up to heaven because of his iniquity. He beat his breast because of his sins, and he admitted his weaknesses and his faults, and he begged God for mercy. But the Pharisee, he goes to the temple, that's good. He fasts, that's good. He prays, that's good. He ties, that's good. But he prays with himself. Self-exaltation, self-justification. He thanks God that he's not like other men. Doesn't thank God, he just thanks him he's not like other men. He condemns the publican. He lacks compassion. The Lord concludes this by saying, He who exalts himself will be humbled. The Pharisee. He who humbles himself will be exalted, which is the publican today. So what lessons do we take from this? The Pharisee does what, the Pharisee does what we should be doing. So how do we pray? How do we fast? How do we give alms? How do we practice the virtues? How do we live the Christian life without becoming pharisaical? I think one of the answers is gratitude. To be grateful to God for all that you have. Read a little bit from Father Hopko's catechetical book on gratitude. The spiritual person is the one who is grateful for everything. I remember the time when I uh, meet with Father John Braun and I'll tell him about something that's going on that's very difficult and he'll say, did you thank God for that yet? <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. He was grateful for everything. He's the one who receives everything with thanksgiving, who knows that he has nothing except what he has received from God. And these beautiful verses from... Uh, 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 Gospel of John. And from his fullness we all have received grace upon grace. 
filled with gratitude. What did we get from God? Grace upon grace. Not just grace, but grace upon grace. So I share with you, I visited Father John Stephen, who's, you know, struggling um, with his kidneys, and we're still praying, but God is with him. I was with him um, on Friday, and um, he said, he said, Father Nicholas, I'm just full of gratitude. It was a beautiful thing. Grace upon grace. He was just resting in all that God has done, all that God is doing. And he just rested in, gra- in, the, in gratitude. He was full of gratitude. And from his fullness, we all have received grace upon grace. Father Hopwell goes on. In the Old Testament, thanksgiving was central to the life of God's people. The temple liturgy offered sacrifices of thanksgiving and praise. Psalms sang continually of thanksgiving to God. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is, for he is gracious for his mercy endures forever. So, this is our inheritance, beloved. This is what we get from our, 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 our Jewish tradition. Thanksgiving. We come into God's court with thanksgiving, full of gratitude to God, praises and thanksgiving to God. This should be kind of, this is the central to our, our, uh, our Christian life. And certainly today, thanksgiving is the very essence of the Christian life. The word Eucharist means thanksgiving. The very center of the church's liturgical worship of God is when, in remembrance of all his saving acts in Christ, the faithful lift up their hearts and give thanks to God. That's what we do. That's how we live with this beautiful spirit and uh, heart of thanksgiving. So let us thank God as he's given to us the abilities, the gift to pray, to fast, to give alms, to practice the spiritual life. Let us draw near to him and thank him for the grace upon grace which allows us to accomplish these things. We don't do these things because we can do them. We do them because we've been graced by God to do them which keeps us from being pharisaical. We just are grateful to God that he's given us these gifts and the ability to do them. Where did you get the ability? You can say something. God. How are you able to accomplish him? Through his grace. So this keeps us away from this, this, this idea that somehow it's me. It's my accomplishment. No, it's God's gift given to you and the grace that he gave you to, uh, to apply it. So we don't need to be Pharisees. We need to be grateful. Grateful Christian people. I got a little hot there. That's pretty good. That's all right. So we come to the publican. He humbles himself with complete trust in God's mercy. This is how we humble ourselves, with complete trust in God's mercy. 
His appeal is filled with trust in the goodness and tenderness of God. He abandons self-justification and he's filled with deep contrition. He's broken. And what's this do? It wins God's grace. And he walks away justified. So, when we beg God's mercy, it's important to understand that that mercy has substance, that it has attributes, that it, the spiritual blessings of God that gives to us when we beg his mercy. I want to just kind of allow you to kind of meditate on these ideas because it's not when we just say, Lord, have mercy. We just kind of drop it. We just drop the word. We shouldn't drop the word. We should, we should feast on the word. The word is full of incredible blessings for us. The Lord have mercy. We should, we should allow that word to kind of grow into an understanding, not only our mind, but an experience in our heart with God's mercy. So let me read this from St. Paul. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with, uh, which he has loved, with which he loves us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and he's to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So he's made us, a, what's the mercy of God do? It makes us alive with Christ. And we can sit in the heavenly places with him. Would you like to sit in the heavenly places? You can say yes. Sit in heaven's places with Christ. That's when you beg God's mercy. That's what he gives you. Himself. He gives you heaven. We need to allow ourselves to feast in this. To understand this. Grace is an action. Grace has substance. Mercy has substance for us. And when we kind of understand that and we say, Lord, have mercy... We can find that substance that can fill us, that can help us and draw, draw us nearer and deeper into Christ. So very important for us to understand and to see these things. So this mercy and grace is bestowed upon us, beloved, most specifically when we take the Holy Communion. So what do we get? We know our iniquities. We know our, our difficulties. St. Simeon, the new theologian, says, Turning to now with a contrite soul, I know, O Savior, that no man has sinned against thee, have done the, thing, the things that I have done, yet this also I know, that neither the multitude of my sins nor the... the and the multitude of my sins surpasses the great long suffering of my Lord and God and his exceeding love toward mankind. So no matter what we do, God's mercy is greater than this. It, we, we can be lifted above anything we do by the mercy and grace of God. So understand this. So when we come and the mercy of God gives to us these things when we take Holy Communion, 
St. Basil's words, But do unto me according to thy mercy, and grant that these holy things may be for me healing, purification, enlightenment, protection, salvation, and sanctification of soul and body, the expulsion of every evil imagination and wicked, work, wicked, work of the, wicked deed of the devil, which operates in my mind and my members. May these gifts move me to boldness toward thee and amend and keep firm my life, keeping thy commandments under the communion of the Holy Spirit, the provision for eternal life, the good defense of the fearful judgment seat, not the judgment, nor the condemnation. So, beloved, when we say these words, Lord, have mercy. Allow that mercy to... to uh, fill you with the substance God desires to give to you. He wants to give you himself. He wants to give you the presence of heaven. He wants to bless you with all heavenly blessings. So when we say, Lord, have mercy, allow it to pause a bit, meditate a bit on the word. It's such an important part of who we are as Christian people, not to just pass it by but to allow it to, to, to penetrate deeply into us. So today, in remembering this, this account, may we thank God for all that he has done for us, the grace he's given to us, the gifts he's given to us, and may we beg God's mercy and understand the depth of that mercy that God gives to us when we ask for his mercy humbly. Pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen.